Welcome to the Rural Pastor Podcast with your host, Andy Addis, and special guest, Mark Clifton. We plant the seeds in the ground, though the fields have long been brown. Lord, when will your harvest come in? I'm giving all I've got to give in the place where I've been sent. But will my labor make much difference in the end? Will no one ever know? Sometimes I feel so all alone. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope to that church on the corner of that forgotten little town to a room of empty peers where his love can still be found. You may never know of all the seeds you sow. But it just takes one willing soul to make him known. Woo! What an experience. Welcome to the Rural Pastor Podcast, the very first episode. I am Andy Addis, and I am here with... I am Mark Clifton, and we are in Atlanta. If you're going to do a Rural Pastors podcast, why not do it in one of the largest cities in North America? That <laughs> yeah, just makes all kinds of sense. We're in downtown Atlanta, but we're here for a great meeting, right? Well, that's right. That's why it sounds a little different. We're not in studio at all. You can hear that we have a live, amazing audience. Let's that's hear right. from them one more time. Yes. Yeah. They're part yeah. of the AMS Lab 2022. Yeah. What is AMS Lab, by the AMS, way? AMS? Um, uh, <laughs> associational <laughs> missions strategist is what there that means. There we go. There we and go. And there's there's a room full of me. We got 500 guys listening to this. Podcast oh, it's absolutely amazing. Live yes. right now, just well, uh, crammed in here. It's actually, just, there, tickets there, are no longer available. There was close to that earlier, right? But uh, the the concert is over now. That song that you just heard, yes, uh, man, what an amazing yeah. and, and that's a creative piece for this particular effort. Tell us a little bit about that's that. That's right. We wanted to have a song written for pastors who were in places like I serve, a town of 400 people in a town, a church that had got down to three folks, and you mm. just wonder if it matters at all. And there's so many of us out there doing that. And so, uh, man, Jonathan and Zach and the Chosen Road guys are so good at writing songs, and we gave them some ideas, and they wrote that amazing song that's not only the theme song for our podcast, but and we're going to use it all over the place to just encourage pastors and let them know they're not alone. Their work absolutely matters. They absolutely matter to the kingdom and only eternity is going to show the true fruit of their faithfulness. Oh, man, I cannot agree more. And uh, we've kind of gotten ahead of ourselves. we got to do a quick introduction. The reason oh, that we're right. doing this <laughs> podcast, uh, my name is Andy Addis, and uh, I am the uh, volunteer rural strategist for the North American Mission Board Replant Team. Mark Clifton with me here is the Senior Director of Replanting and Rural Strategies for NAM. And uh, we have an incredible opportunity. We're wanting to kick off this podcast, the Rural Pastor Podcast to do three things, and we're going to tell you why in just a minute, but to pour into, to partner with, and to pat on the back rural pastors because what you're doing is so important. Absolutely. And Andy pastors in Hutchinson, Kansas, and I pastor in, in Linwood, Kansas. So we're out there in Kansas. We like it out there. Absolutely. That's right. where you go over an overpass and you get... Uh, 
you get a nosebleed. Well, here's the, <laughs> yes. And, and people who consider to fly over state, we're just like, we love you, but keep flying. I know. My dog ran away a couple Saw days him for ago. Three days. I, I can still see him three <laughs> days later. I got, I got, I'm here all week. Uh, the reason we don't have accents is because we're from Kansas and our accents like the land. It's long, it's flat, and it goes on forever. That's, that's exactly right. That's right. So, that's hey, right. we are from rural Kansas, though, so we understand rural work and rural things as much as anybody can fully. Here's the deal, though. Remember, Andy, there are 33 million Americans who live in rural America, mm-hmm. and some of them are the most unchurched and underchurched populations in all of North America. And even in those populations where there are a number of churches, many of those churches are not connecting to and relating to those real populations in any really meaningful way. And so we want to help with this podcast, help guys navigate that and figure out how to do that. And you know, the real, real towns, small towns are, are pretty unique anyway. I don't mm-hmm. know about you, but I grew up in a small town. I was born in a small town and grew up, grew up in a small town. And so, you know, in our, in our town, Third Street was on the end of town. That's, that's uh, <laughs> three blocks that's, long. That's, that's kind of. That, that's not small. That's miniature, yeah, is our, what that yeah, is. Yeah. Our, our aquarium had minnows. <laughs> We're just going to keep going with the and small our hospi- jokes. Our hospital was the first aid kit. Oh my gosh! And you never used your blinkers because everybody knew where you were going anyway. <laughs> so you didn't. You didn't. You didn't uh, anyway, uh, it's fun being in a small town, but it's also, I mean, talk about a fishbowl life, right? Well, absolutely, because they do know your business. They know your mama's business. They know your grandma. They know how fast you drive. Absolutely. They know the car you drive. They know what time you get up. They know what time you go to bed. They know if you mowed your yard or not. Well, it's like every kid in a small town is a pastor's kid because the whole city's raising you, right? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much true. Well, let, let's do this. I wanted to throw a couple of these at you. Since we're already here, I want to talk about how to define rural in a moment. But uh, if you don't know if you're rural or not, um, what, what are some real-life examples? I've got a couple. I'll see if you've got some. Too. Some oh, real-life real life examples. Real-life examples? So, like, here's one for me. You, you're probably rural if your Walmart has hitching posts for the horses. That's probably true. You're probably rural if if you call uh, Dollar General the mall. <laughs> You're probably rural if you've ever been behind an open cab tractor in the drive-thru. You're probably rural if somebody ever went and filled up their riding mower at uh, Casey's and just uh, drove it up there. <laughs> That's right. And I know you're rural if it's ever been too windy for an online Zoom meeting. There you go. Does that ever happen? Just knock the internet right I, out. I have, I have had that. Okay. Now, I, I, for those of you who are just listening, those who aren't in the audience here, I wrote mine down. He just came up with those on the fly. That's disturbing how much information you have in your head. Anyway, let's talk about rural for just a second because this is just an introduction, but uh, it's hard to define rural. Some people like to define it by population, but that's really not possible because there are rural places uh, – near metro places you can't do it by location because uh, i you know rural kansas versus rural new york they're both rural but but you can't define it by geography Uh, what about attractions i was told one time that the only way you could really tell if a place was rural is if the only chain restaurant they had was a subway yeah, and or, it's got to be or, in a gas station or Pizza Hut or Pizza Hut. That's pizza right. Hut. But not so much anymore. Pizza Hut's not really there anymore either. That's yeah. kind of not like it used to be. Well, it's just it's really hard to define what rural is. So yeah. we are defining rural. For those of you who say, well, am I rural? Well, first of all, if you, if your Walmart has hitching posts or if they're driving the 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 lawn tractor up to the gas station, maybe. Yeah. But for us, we're going to define rural this way. It's a people group. It's kind of a way of thinking. And uh, Dr. Kyle Bierman, who is part of the Replant team, I heard him define it, and I love it this way. He said, if you're rural, you know it. That's true. <laughs> you and just if know. you're rural, other people know it. 
That's right. That's right. And they've already warned them. So. Yeah. Well, what well, we would. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mark. Well, yeah. You know, and Carhartt is your dress clothes. Oh my goodness. Pretty much. Carhartt's dress up clothes. Now, it is, is what a dress that up is. clothes. What, what, what is it? Uh, when you go to church, you actually tuck in your NASCAR T-shirt. That's pretty much it. That's yeah. it. Very kind good. Something like that. Well, we're just making fun now. No, we there's are. so much good that happens in rural places. And the statement that I made before, we are doing this podcast because we want to pour into, to partner with, and to pat on the back the rural pastor because we know, we believe, and we want to prove that they're worth it. So I've got a quote for you from uh, Dallas Powell. If you don't know him, he's a church planning catalyst up in Nebraska. On one of his academic pursuits, he wrote this. He said this, several challenges have plagued rural church planners over the past 20 years, including resources, loneliness, and vocational identity. And those three statements that I made before are actually in line with that. We want to pour into because of the lack of resources. We want to partner with because of the isolation. We want to pat on the back those pastors because of the vocational identity issue. So can we take just a second to talk about those? Yeah, let's start with vocational identity. You do it. You know, if you're in rural America, you're in a small town of, you know, a thousand people or 200 people, like our town is 400 people. Uh, Or if you're in the open country, the first church I ever pastored was a white frame open country church with a cemetery next to it, you know, open country, small town, whatever. It's not just flyover country. You you feel like you're passed over. Oftentimes you feel like Mm. everything big in a denomination, everything big in the kingdom of God is happening somewhere else in some big church or some big city where everything's growing, populations are expanding. And in a lot of these small towns, the population is actually decreasing. Now, we'll talk about that in future podcasts, how some of that's changing, but make no doubt about it. There are rural places in America where towns especially are really, really having a very difficult time. Their economy is having a difficult time, and the population is decreasing. Schools are closing. Little town where we are in Linwood, Kansas, the school's been there 100 years. This is the last year for it. It's moving down the road to where all the new growth is in the nearby Mm -hmm. town. So the town's losing its its school. So you, you feel almost abandoned and alone and cut off. And there's that sense of vocational identity, I think, that you you really miss in a rural setting sometimes that you have in a more urban setting. Well, and one of the things that's more common in the rural setting than the than the urban is that a lot of staff are bivocational. They are they are part time staff, but that does not mean. And, and we want to emphasize this that there is no such thing as a part time pastor. Right. They may get paid part time, but they are full time. They are constantly thinking, constantly in the game, and even when they're doing their other job or two, they are still a pastor <laughs> on the job. If you're a bivocational pastor in a town of four hundred. You are always on the job. That's right. I mean, people know you. They follow you. They they talk to you constantly, which is great. But I mean, you you can't you can't become you can't become invisible in a town of four hundred or in the open country. So even if you're a bivocational, as you say, you never really are able to turn that off. So what we want to do in a future podcast is talk about that. That's one of the huge needs. How do we how do we encourage those guys that are doing that job and maybe they feel a little diminished because they're bivocational, they're co-vocational, they've got to work two or three other jobs and we want to let them know that we understand being paid part-time does not make you a part-time pastor, that you are on the job. And we really want to pour into you and and help you know that it does, it really, it, it really doesn't matter in the scheme of things if God calls you to preach to nine people on Sunday morning or 900 people on Sunday morning. What matters is that you're being faithful to what God has called you to do. Amen. And as we said, only eternity is going to show the results of that. And so it is, you know, no, not, never did the Apostle Paul ask Timothy, how many are you running? And if it was really important, he probably would have brought that question up. 
What was important were, was Timothy's obedience and the, the doctrine is being taught and all those things. So I, I just think we want to help, help you understand that the whole idea that you judge your worth by the size of your congregation is not a good judge of your worth to the kingdom. And so we want to encourage you with that. At the same time, as we go through this podcast, that's not an excuse to be lazy. It's not an excuse not to do the work of a pastor. Got to have a work ethic. And not to have a work ethic and not reach your community. Because our view of success that we think the New Testament teaches for church revitalization is a pattern of making disciples who make disciples that result in the community being noticeably better. Mm. So if you can look at your ministry and say, some of these people are becoming more like Jesus every year, and they're helping other people become more like Jesus, and our little community is noticeably better because our church is here and our people serve them, then you're doing well. But if all you're doing is gathering on Sunday morning, preaching a sermon, and everybody going home doing their own thing, maybe not so much. So it's really not so much how many are coming, but what are you doing with the ones who are there? And we'll begin to unpack that in future podcasts. Yeah, I look forward to that. The second of our three issues is the issue of loneliness. And I find this amazing, not just in small churches, not just in dysfunctional churches, but even in large, healthy churches. If you are a pastor, you can still feel lonely. And I, I don't know about you, I walk out onto the stage every week uh, to, uh, to, to deliver the message. And there's, uh, I come from a fairly substantial church. There's a good number of people watching. I walk past a full worship team as they're exiting. But there is a lonely moment when you realize that you're one on, one on whoever. Right. And, and that moment is amplified if you're a rural pastor because it's not just that moment you're standing there to preach the word on the stage. It's the Monday morning when you're coming into the office by yourself. Right. It's the late Wednesday night when you're trying to get some things done for the weekend that uh, you have to do after your, your job. And, and combating loneliness is a huge issue. Well, and the adversary uses loneliness in us. I mean, he, he mm. tries to isolate us. He, he keeps us busy in a certain way that we don't connect with other pastors. We don't make relationships that we ought to make. We find reasons not to do that because he knows it's just like the weakest, the weakest zell in the herd, man. You get him off by himself, and he's a lot easier to attack. So, so Satan wants to get us lonely and, and feeling that way, and he has a lot of tools to do that, and you really have to combat it. And sometimes you're with people so much, right? You, you kind of want to withdraw, mm. and you want to be alone at times when you really do need to be engaged with some folks in discipleship. And, it, again, future podcasts, we're going to talk about that because loneliness in ministry— you are really, really vulnerable to all kinds of failure in ministry if loneliness is really eating at you. Hey, have you ever seen something in, in small church that is so sad? It's, it's funny and it's sad at the same time. I went with my wife to one of her um, uh, hometowns. She's from Oklahoma and a uh, very small church, non-Southern Baptist, I will just say that. Uh, and that way I won't get in trouble in my tribe here. Okay. And they have a great, great pastor. He's an incredible guy. And he got up to preach. Let me tell you, this church is such a small little church that their nursing mother's area was actually just a lazy boy behind the back pew with a Venetian blind that you could drop down <laughs> from the drop-down ceiling. I mean, it was, it's pretty janky, if That's I could be pretty, honest yeah, with you. Yeah. And so uh, they, they, I'm going to change the name for the purpose of the story. Brother Lawrence has been leading worship. He's been their song leader. Uh, he knew Jesus, mm -hmm. right? I mean, he's mm -hmm. been around for a long, long time. Well, I was listening to their pastor preach, and he got about, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes in, and I saw Brother Lawrence stand up. And another couple minutes, Brother Lawrence walked up to the podium. And then he stood right beside him, and while the pastor is preaching, he just pushed him to the side and in front of the microphone said, 
let's sing our final hymn, number 724. And, and I remember I just about fell out of the pew. I looked at my wife and said, oh, is this happening? She's like, calm down, calm down. And I grabbed my phone and I start typing. She says, what are you doing? I go, I got to tweet this. <laughs> and she goes, you can't. What if somebody sees it? I go, people here don't have Twitter. Do you understand? <laughs> it, it was an amazing moment, and and for me in the moment, I'm like, that was hilarious. I can't believe that went on. And then I started thinking, what a lonely job he has, right? Because he was there delivering the word. He's been there in that place of leadership, and and that level of difficulty and disrespect happening right there. Look again, we've got a lot to talk about in these weekly mm. podcasts, but one of them is the whole family chapel thing, where everybody in that rural church is either connected through marriage or divorce, or, or something. There, there's right. something in there, and they all know each other, mm. and you don't. You're the pastor. You may have been there for years, but you're not part of that. And, and you really, many times in a rural situation, you're, you're a chaplain. That's what they want, is a chaplain. Someone mm. to hold Bible studies, visit the hospitals, have weddings and funerals. But in terms of really leading the congregation, that is so uh, right. just like your buddy there where he said, time's up, you're going to step aside. And nobody thought that was strange, particularly. Because that's just the way it is. And so I, I know we, we get all... There's dysfunctional churches in the city. They're dysfunctional for different ways. But certainly, sometimes in these rural places that are really family-oriented, sometimes that, that becomes a huge issue of how do you break through that. And that creates the loneliness. And we want, we want to help. We want to come alongside yeah. there. So a vocational identity, loneliness, and the last one, we're going to hit this real quick because we're going to spend time on this one, but resources. And uh, there are just times and places when in ministry, in small places and out-of-the-way places, you feel like you can't get it done because you just don't have what everybody else has. Right. Well, one of the things that we're creating, and you're going to hear a lot about on this podcast, is the Replant Hub. And uh, it is a place where we are going to partner with. There are churches that are willing to share their resources so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. How great would it be on those high-stress weeks if you as a small pa- small town pastor in a rural capacity had an entire array of resources to fill in the gap so that you could spend time on your family, on your life, on your other job? Uh, we're going to come alongside with some of those resources. Yeah, we really are. And one of the resources we're going to come alongside you with is, is music. Uh, mm. I don't want to get too far ahead of us there, but you know, in the, in the church where I'm, I'm serving, uh, we've always we've struggled with, with music. Uh, who, who to have? For a while, we'll have somebody, and then, then they'll be gone, and then we don't have anybody. And consistency in, in leading music has been really a challenge. And so one of the things we're going to do in the Hub is we're going to give you some really good options and resources. I mean really good. I mean focused on real churches in worship. We're really going to help with that. Amen. Also some Bible studies, some sermon helps, all kinds of things to help you in your study time and help you do that. We're really focused on that. The other thing that we want to do is let churches across North America, particularly in our Southern Baptist tribe, know that rural churches are an amazingly great mission field. Oh, man. And, you know, it's great to be doing mission trips into the cities. It's great to be doing mission trips overseas. But sometimes that church needs to do a mission trip two and a half hours away in a little town of 400 people that people drive by at 70 miles an hour and don't even see and realize that there are people there that need the gospel. There are children there that are never going to hear about Jesus unless someone goes and talks to them. And so we want to elevate the opportunity for churches to fulfill their Acts 1-8 by going to the nearby towns and villages. Because listen, a denomination can't reach a nation. Churches reach a nation. And so wherever your church is, if you're listening to us and you're in a more of a metropolitan area, man, just draw a, a circle within a two-hour drive of your church, and Amen. you're going to find all kinds of little pockets of rural churches out there that would really benefit 
from help that you could give, and more importantly, you would benefit from helping them. Absolutely. So and, we want to do that. And you get out in these little places, and you're going to find, if you're from a metro uh, and you think that uh, everything in rural is slow and podunk and all that, what you're going to find out is that you've been missing out on a lot of life right. because it's a great place to be. Now, you, you just said something that is going to lead us. I wanted to kind of land the plane here for this first edition. There's a verse that I wanted to share and read over all these uh, rural workers, rural pastors, rural leaders. It's from Matthew chapter 9, 35 to 38. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, I know that 99% of the time we use that as a way to smack people on top of the head and say, you need to go share. You need to go do this. I want to do just the opposite. You rural pastors, you who are serving in those out-of-the-way places, you're the answer to this prayer. Yeah. This prayer was prayed, and you answered the call. This prayer was prayed and you stood up. This prayer was prayed and you're in that place, you're in that pulpit, you're serving in that location because Jesus told his followers to pray that the Lord would send someone to the harvest and guess what? That's where you are. Right. And we are so thankful for you and because the that's harvest where you are. is plentiful. Mm. It absolutely is. And guys, and sometimes in these in these rural communities the, you know, the police force is not there. Some, like the town I'm in, there's no police force, and, and, and people can live there and kind of behave however they want. And some people move to those towns to be below the radar screen. Mm. There's all kinds of trouble with all kinds of social issues, and you don't have the resources to help those like you do in the city. God has placed you. If you're in a rural place, God's placed you in a place of tremendous need and a tremendous opportunity, and we just don't want you to be alone in that. And so... Take advantage of this podcast. We're going to love on you and care for you. Mm. We're going to help you with some real tools. We're going to try to elevate real, real work so that other churches will come alongside and partner with you. And we just believe that, uh, man, God can do some amazing things among the 33 million Americans who live in rural America. Amen and amen. I want to say thank you to Mark for uh, being here and being a part of this podcast. Just your presence is going to help elevate the cause. Thank, I know you don't want me saying that, but it, but it will, and uh, and I'm thankful for you being here. Thank you to the North American Mission Board for providing resources through the hub, and thank you to 180 Digital being a sponsor of this particular podcast and, uh, and the website that you're probably connecting through on this. Next week, we're going to try and uh, cover the issue in depth on vocational identity. We're going to we're going to hit that one pretty yep. good. Sound so good? Hang in there and we'll be with you. It's going to be a lot week. of fun. Thank you so much for joining us and the remnant is here. They hung out after the concert and they have been faithful to the end. Bless you guys and we'll see you real soon on the next edition of the Rural Pastor Podcast. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken. With a message of hope To that church on the corner Of that forgotten little town To a room of empty pews Where his love can still be found You may never know of all the seeds you've sown But it just takes one willing soul To make him know 
thank you so much for joining us at the ruralpastorpodcast.com. A special thanks to Chosen Road for this incredible theme music, to 180 Digital, our corporate sponsor, and you can check out both of them at our website as well as other resources because you're not alone. And Rural Pastor, we believe in you at theruralpastorpodcast.com.